Welcome once again to Exploring the Scriptures presentation of the study of the Book of Mormon with Dr. Ron Bartholomew. Here's Dr. Bartholomew. Hi folks. Today we're going to another First Nephi chapter 16 and 22, which is two different themes. The material in these chapters focuses on two distinct and separate themes. Chapters 16, 17, and 18 chronicle the families journey to the promised land. We're very familiar with those chapters. Chapters 19 to 22, though, are Nephi's writings concerning the prophecies of, the prophecies of Christ in the house of Israel. So, we're going to look at two different things today. First of all, we're going to look at Nephi's journey to the promised land. It is likely that it took the family of Nephi 11 years to reach the promised land. From the time they left Jerusalem, eight years in Bountiful and two years to the Americas. Likely they traveled more than 17,000 miles by sea. Makes what Columbus did look like a walk in the park. Sea voyage likely took more than one year with several stops along the way for fresh water supplies on a break. They traversed several oceans, islands, and continents, a massive, a massive undertaking. A massive record history for that time period. This really was a great journey to the promised land. In 1 Nephi chapter 16 and 17 and 18, Nephi teaches us that this life is a test. First in chapter 16 verse 10 it says the following, In the kingdom passes my father arose in the morning, went forth to the tent door, to his greatest astonishment he beheld the ground, of, uh, ground, the ground of, round wall of curious worship. It was a fine brass. Within the wall there were two spindles, and one pointed the way that we should go in the wilderness. This, of course, is the Liahona. The question that we need to ask is what are the Liahonas of our life? We have the Holy Ghost, we have the Scriptures, we have the Church of the Prophets. We have so many things that lead us to guys in our life as well. How did the. How did the. How did the Lehana work for them. Verses chapter 17, verse 45 says the following Ye are swift in iniquity, but still remember the Lord your God. You have seen an angel. He has spoken to you. Yea, you have heard his voice from time to time. He has spoken to you with a still, still small voice. But you are past feeling that you cannot feel his words. Wherefore he has spoken to you like the, the voice of thunder, which has caused you to shake as it was to divide, to divide asunder. And then in chapter 18, verses 9 to 12, we read. 18, 9 to 12. And after we had been driven forth before the wind for the space of many days, behold, my brethren and the sons of Ishmael and also their wives began to make themselves merry, insomuch that they began to dance and to sing and to speak with much rudeness. Yea, even that they did forget by what power they had been brought thither. Yea, they were lifted up unto exceeding rudeness. And I, Nephi, began to fear exceedingly, lest the Lord should be angry with us and smite us because of our iniquity, that we should be swallowed up in the depths of the sea. Wherefore I, Nephi, began to speak to them with much soberness. But behold, they were angry with me saying, We will not that our younger brother shall be a ruler over us. And it came to pass that Laman and Lemuel did take me, and bind me with cords, and they did treat me with much harshness. Nevertheless, the Lord did suffer it, that he might show forth his power 
under the fulfilling of his word which he had spoken concerning the wicked. So we see because of, because of wickedness, the Lehona on the boat, of course, stops working. And even though the Lehona can help them a lot, it didn't help them at this time because of their wickedness. We should also endeavor to discern when we withdraw ourselves from the Spirit of the Lord, that it may have no place in us to guide us in wisdom's paths, that we may be blessed, prospered, and preserved. Precisely because the promised blessing is that we may always have His Spirit to be with us, we should attend to and learn from the choices and influences that separate us from the Holy Spirit. The standard is clear. If something we think, see, hear, or do distances us from the Holy Ghost, then we should stop thinking, seeing, hearing, or doing that thing. If that which is intended to entertain, for example, alienates us from the Holy Spirit, then certainly that type of entertainment is not for us. Because the Spirit cannot abide that which is vulgar, crude, or immodest, then clearly such things are not for us. Because we estrange the Spirit of the Lord when we engage in activities we know we should shun, then such things definitely are not for us. Nephi's brothers doing those things that will drive away the Spirit instead of bringing the Spirit closer. And that's the Lehona stops working for them. It says in chapter 16, verses, verse 10, verse 16, and then 28 and 29, it says the following. It's 16, verse 10, verse 16, and then 28 and 29. It says in verse 16, and we did follow the directions of the Baal, which led in the more fertile parts of the wilderness. When the Baal was working, it led them to the more fertile parts of the wilderness. We're in the 2029, and the kingdom of Hestiny the point which were in the ball. They were according to the faith and diligence that he would give unto them. The ball only worked when they had faith and diligence. There was also written upon them the a new writing which was plain to be read, which you was understanding as to the ways of the Lord. So the writing, there was a director, uh, there was a direction, but there was also a writing which told them the ways of the Lord. And was changed from time to time. And thus, anyway, says, by small means, great things are about to pass. Just as Lehi was blessed in ancient times, each of us in this day has been given a spiritual compass that can direct and instruct us during our mortal journey. The Holy Ghost was conferred upon you and me as we came out of the world and into the Savior's church through baptism and confirmation. By the authority of the holy priesthood, we were confirmed as members of the church and admonished to seek for the constant companionship of the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. As we each press forward along the pathway of life, we receive direction from the Holy Ghost, just as Lehi was directed through the Leahona. 
For behold again, I say unto you, that if ye will enter in by the way and receive the Holy Ghost, it will show unto you all things what ye should do. The Holy Ghost operates in our lives precisely as the Liahona did for Lehi and his family, according to our faith and diligence and heed. Now, I'm not sharing with you a story that you don't know very well. You don't know the story very well. I just wanted to, to explain how it works. Elder Scott said the following. An impression to the mind is very specific. Detailed words can be heard as though the instruction were being dictated. A communication to the heart is more a general impression. The Lord often begins by giving impressions. Where there is a recognition of their importance, they are, and they are obeyed, one gains more capacity to receive more detailed instructions to the mind. An impression to the heart, if followed, is fortified by a more specific instruction to the mind. It is through the repeated process of feeling impressions, recording them and obeying them, that one learns to depend upon direction of the spirit more than on communication through the five senses. We often leave the most precious personal direction of the spirit unheard because we do not record and respond to the first promptings that come to us when the Lord chooses to direct us or when impressions come in response to urgent prayer. I want to particularly focus on this part of the quote. It is through the repeated process of feelings, impressions, recording them and obeying them, the one learns to depend on the direction of the spirit rather than the communication through the five senses. I know this is true, my friends. We live in such a noisy world that the world that is full of noise, it's so difficult to hear the impressions of the Lord. We've got to find our place in it. We've got to find ourselves a place where we can hear those spiritual feelings. I've been asked by people how to do this. I'd like to just show you real quickly three things that have helped me a lot. In the history of the world, we, have, we find that the Lord had dark and light. The Lord had darkness and light that he could work with. Today, we leave lights on all night long. We, we, we don't have any dark. Sometimes the pressures of the spirit are heard in the dark, or at least when our eyes, are, at least when our eyes are closed. Second, sound. For a year, for the majority of the hit world's history, there was there was a sound during the day, and there was no sound at night. Now we have radios and TVs and different things creating sound all the time that distract us from the spirit of the Lord. We need to find a place that's dark or at least with our eyes closed, a place where we can quietly hear the Spirit of the Lord, a place that's quiet, a place that does not have the sounds of the world, that's difficult to find. Finally, my friends, in addition to finding a place that's, that's with the emphasis of light, a place where we can close our eyes, a place that we can hear the Spirit of the Lord, we need to, we need to, we need to find a place where we can feel things, feel the impressions of the Lord, so Scott says here, it's, 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 it's impressions to the heart, but it's also a direction to the mind. We've got to find a place where we can feel the impressions of the spirit. That's difficult to find in our day. We've got to find it, my friends. We've got to, we've got to be there.
In verse Divai chapter 16, verse 18 and 19, it says the following. And it came to pass that as I if I went forth to say food, behold, I did bring my bow, which is made of fine steel. And I did bring my bow, behold, my brethren were angry with me, because I lost my bow, for we did obtain no food. Imagine how hungry they would be without food in the wilderness. And it came to pass that we did return without food to our families and being much fatigued, because our journey needed us ever much for the want of food. Why don't things always go the right way? Why does the Lord allow bad things to happen? He allows them to happen so we can find our way towards Him. In my own life, I could ask the question, why have I had this disease? But instead, things don't always go right, and that's just the way the, way, the, way, that's the, way the, that's the, way the Lord does things sometimes. We have two choices when we face with life with difficulties of life. We can turn to the Lord, we can turn away from Him. Because neither family does both. Verses 20 to 23, it says the following. Verses 20 to 23. And it came to pass that Laman and Lemuel and the sons of Ishmael did begin to murmur exceedingly because of their sufferings and afflictions in the wilderness. And also my father began to murmur against the Lord his God. Yea, and they were all exceedingly sorrowful, even that they, even that they did murmur against the Lord. Now it came to pass that I, Nephi, having been afflicted with my brethren because of the loss of my bow, and their bows having lost their springs, it began to be exceedingly difficult, yea, insomuch that we could obtain no food. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did go forth up into the top of the mountain, according to the directions which were given upon the ball. And it came to pass that I did slay wild beasts, insomuch that I did obtain food for our families. For some reason, we have this idea that if we follow the Lord, things are going to work out right. But they are following the Lord, and they're both stopped working. So the two choices that they had were not to follow the Lord or not. That wasn't the choice. The choice was to believe that the Lord had figured out a way for them to make it, even though they had lost their bows. Nephi and Lehi and the brothers complain against the Lord and they're seriously struggling because of it. But Nephi says, quote, And the king passed the line, did make out of wood a bow and out of a straight stick and arrow. Before I did I wear some of the bow and arrow with the sting and with stones. I said, My father, where should I go to obtain food? Nephi has faith that the Lord is still with him even though he lost the, lost the use of his bow. Let's apply that to our lives. That's very difficult, my friends. When we, when things are going good, things are going right. We believe, we, we believe, oh, the Lord's helping us. Things are going right. When things don't go right, sometimes we think that the Lord is against us, but He's not against us. He's waiting to see what we'll do. Will we turn to Him and try to find a solution, or will we turn away from Him and complain? Nephi actually believes that if he if he chooses the Lord, that he'll be blessed. Saint Nephi 25:23 it says the following. So here we see in Nephi the great example of a person who, when faced with difficulty, he still turns to the Lord instead of away from Him, which is not what we do most of the time. First Nephi 25:23 it says the following. For they were diligently to write to receive our children and also our brethren to believe in Christ, and bring us up to God. For we know that it is by grace we are saved after all we can do. Nephi actually believes this. He actually believes that the Lord will have a... He actually believes what he tells his father in 1 Nephi 3.7, where it says, And he came to pass that I, Nephi, said unto my father, 
I will go and do the things which the Lord has commanded. For I know that the Lord is not going to the children and say, prepare a way for them. They may accomplish the thing which he has commanded them to do. Nephi actually believes that. Why does he believe it? Why does why does he respond differently to this challenge? Even his father, who does he leave on in the tent of his door, door of his tent? Well, I think that's a deep question. I think it's a question that deserves our our struggling with. Nephi obviously sees things differently than anybody else in his family. He believes the Lord is with him even when the even when the bowls break. He had had this experience in First Nephi two sixteen. It helps him, and he was true to it. It says, And it came to pass that I, Nephi, being exceedingly young, nevertheless being large in stature, also having great desire to tell the mysteries of God, wherefore I did cry unto the Lord, and behold, he did visit me. He saw my heart, and I did believe all the words which he has spoken. Nephi stays true to his testimony. He believes the Lord is with him even when things go wrong. That's difficult to do. Why don't his brothers? Well, his brothers don't believe because. They've never really had that faith, that testimony. Even Lehi st stops believing when the balls break. I just want to bring my testimony, my friends, that difficulties plus faith equal power. Let me say it one more time. Difficulties plus faith equal power. We have to have the difficulties to know the Lord's with us. In First Nephi 17, we read the following. Verses 1 to 16. And it came to pass that we did again take our journey in the wilderness, and we did travel nearly eastward from that time forth. And we did travel and wade through much affliction in the wilderness, and our women did bear children in the wilderness. And so great were the blessings of the Lord upon us, that while we did live upon raw meat in the wilderness, our women did give plenty of suck for their children, and were strong. <laughs> Yea, even like unto the men, and they began to bear their journeyings without murmurings. And thus we see that the commandments of God must be fulfilled. And if it so be that the children of men keep the commandments of God, he doth nourish them and strengthen them, and provide means whereby they can accomplish the thing which he has commanded them. Wherefore he did provide means for us while we did sojourn in the wilderness. And we did sojourn for the space of many years, yea, even eight years in the wilderness. And we did come to the land which we called Bountiful, because of its much fruit and also wild honey. And all these things were prepared of the Lord, that we might not perish. And we beheld the sea, which we called Ariantum, which being interpreted is many waters. And it came to pass that we did pitch our tents by the seashore, and notwithstanding we had suffered many afflictions and much difficulty, yea, even so much that we cannot write them all, we were exceedingly rejoiced when we came to the seashore, and we called the place Bountiful, because of its much fruit. And it came to pass that after I, Nephi, had been in the land of Bountiful, for the space of many days, the voice of the Lord came unto me, saying, Arise and get thee into the mountain. And it came to pass that I arose and went up into the mountain and cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass that the Lord spake unto me, saying, Thou shalt construct a ship after the manner which I shall show thee, that I may carry thy people across these waters. And I said, Lord, whither shall I go, that I may find ore to molten, that I may make tools to construct the ship after the manner which thou hast shown unto me? 
And it came to pass that the Lord told me whither I should go to find ore, that I might make tools. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did make a bellows wherewith to blow the fire of the skins of beasts, and after I had made a bellows, that I might have wherewith to blow the fire. I did smite two stones together, that I might make fire. For the Lord had not hitherto suffered that we should make much fire, as we journeyed in the wilderness. For he said, I will make thy food become sweet, that ye cook it not. And I will also be your light in the wilderness, and I will prepare the way before you, if it so be that ye shall keep my commandments. Wherefore, inasmuch as ye shall keep my commandments, ye shall be led towards the promised land, and she and ye shall know that it is by me that ye are led. Yea, and the Lord said also that, after ye have arrived in the promised land, ye shall know that I the Lord am God, and that I the Lord did deliver you from destruction. Yea, that I did bring you out of the land of Jerusalem. Wherefore I, Nephi, did strive to keep the commandments of the Lord. I did exhort my brethren to faithfulness and diligence. And it came to pass that I did make tools of the ore, which I did molten out of the rock. And when my brethren saw that I was about to build a ship, they began to murmur against me, saying, Our brother is a fool, for he thinketh that he can build a ship, yea, and he also thinketh that he can cross these great waters. And thus my brethren did complain against me, and were desirous that they might not labor, for they did not believe that I could build a ship, neither would they believe that I was instructed of the Lord. And now it came to pass that I, Nephi, was exceedingly sorrowful because of the hardness of their hearts. And now when they saw that I began to be sorrowful, they were glad in their hearts, insomuch that they did rejoice over me, saying, We knew that ye could not construct a ship, for we knew that ye were lacking in judgment. Wherefore thou canst not accomplish so great a work. Thou art like unto our father, led away by the foolish imaginations of his heart. Yea, he hath led us out of the land of Jerusalem, and we have wandered in the wilderness for these many years, and our women of toil being big with child, and they have borne children in the wilderness, and suffered all things, save it were death. And it would have been better that they had died before they came out of Jerusalem, than to have suffered these afflictions. Behold, these many years we have suffered in the wilderness, which time we might have enjoyed our possessions, and the land of our inheritance, yea, and we might have been happy. And we know that the people who were in the land of Jerusalem were a righteous people, for they kept the statutes and judgments of the Lord, and all his commandments, according to the law of Moses. Wherefore we know that they are a righteous people, and our Father hath judged them, and hath led us away, because we would hearken unto his words. Yea, and our brother is like unto him. And after this manner of language did my brethren murmur and complain against us. So we see in this example as well, Nephi's faith and attitude make all the difference in the end. This is a test. Nephi is the only one that doesn't fail. Why? I'd like to look with you for just a minute at the book of Job. In Job chapter 1, verses 20 to 21, the Lord says, And Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head, and fell down on the ground and worshipped, and said, Naked came out of my womb, 
Nay, shall I return hither? The Lord gave the Lord take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now let Job sin not, nor charge God foolishly. In the middle of his trials, Job does not charge God foolishly, nor, nor does he sin. At the very end of the book, the Lord says to Job, this is chapter 42, verse 3, This is my favorite verse in all scripture. Who is he that hideth the counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not. Things too wonderful for me which I knew not. Job admits that he uttered against the Lord things that he didn't understand. These were two things that were too wonderful for him to understand. This is a faith test. It's a faith test for Nephi, but it's also a faith test for his family. And Nephi is the only one that doesn't fail. Why? Why does Nephi stay faithful while everyone else fails, even his father? What is the difference between the two? As we look at the book, of, we look at the life of Job. Job lived a righteous life. He had been blessed abundantly by the Lord, and in one day he lost all of his children, and he lost all of his cattle, he lost all of his possessions. In one day he lost it all. His car was boils from head to toe. And they stayed for a long time, and it's not to the very end of his trial that Job realizes that the Lord was doing things, quote, too wonderful for him to understand things which he knew not. Nephi understands that the Lord is with them, even though they are having a hard time. They've been they've been in the wilderness for eight years, and Nephi's finally come to build a boat. He's never he's never been, he's never built a boat before. He doesn't know how to build a boat, and his brothers realize that. But Nephi believes, and the Lord blesses him because of it. In First Nephi sixteen, it says the following. Going back a little ways. Verse 24 to 27. And again, the pastor, he inquired of the Lord, for they had humbled themselves because of his words, for he did say many things unto them in the energy of his soul. And again, the pastor, the voice of the Lord came unto the Father, and was truly, he was truly chased because of his memories against the Lord. He was right down to the depths of sorrow. Lehi was chastened because he, he, he too had complained against the Lord in the time of trial. He and Pastor the voice of the Lord said to him, look, look on the wall, and look at the things that are written. And they looked and it was it scared him to death. My friends, we have these scriptures before us, but why why do we why do we have the same trials why do we have the same problems today when trials come? It's so difficult for us. He says this following in Hebrews in Hebrews chapter twelve verse six. Hebrews chapter twelve in the New Testament. For whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth. He scourges the very sin whom he receiveth. The Lord chastens those who love him. He chastens, he scourges those who he receives. See what they'll do. I don't want to bring attention to myself, but I, th I think when I myself, the Lord is scourging me now with this disease, but it's part of his, it's part of his plan. It says, if ye endure chastening, God deal with you as sons. What son is he that whom the Father chasteneth not? But if he will, but if he be without a chastisement, ye are all partakers and bastards and not sons. I truly want to be a son of the Lord, and I'm willing to be chastened, and I'm willing to be tried with all that the Lord has to try me with. In First Nephi 17:41, it says the following: And he did straighten them with the wilderness of his rod, for they hardened their hearts, even as ye have. Lord straighten them because Lord straighten them because of their iniquity. He sent fiery flying servants among them. If they were bitten, he prepared a way for them that they might be healed. They wished they had to perform us to look. 
because the soul is of the ages of it, there are many who perished. Isn't it said that there are many who perished because they would not do what the Lord asked them to do, which is simply to look? In First Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen, it says the following: In the kingdom past, we were about to be swallowed up in the depths of the sea. After we had been driven back for the waters for the space of four days, my brother began to see that the judges of God had come upon them, and they were that they must perish if they should repent of their iniquities. Wherefore. They came unto me and loosed the beds which are upon my wrist, and behold, they had swollen exceedingly. Also, my ankles was much swollen, and, and grew as a soreness thereof. Nephi's brothers realized that they, are, they were fighting against the Lord, and so they loosed Nephi. And Nephi goes and grabs the Liahona, and it works immediately because of his faithfulness. And so, we have the great promise of the Lord telling us that if we'll just keep the commandments and do what's right, he'll bless us and, and receive us. But that doesn't mean we won't have trials. We'll have trials along the way. The trials will help us. Nephi's, Nephi has the attitude which leads to his power. His power with the Lord. His power against his brothers. They continue to fight against the Lord. But he continues to have the Lord's power with him. Because he's faithfulness. He says in verse 21. And it came to pass that they loosed me. And behold I, I took the compass. And behold it did work. I prayed to the Lord after I prayed the winds had ceased and the storms ceased and there was a great calm. Nephi actually has power over the elements because of his, his faith in the Lord. I wish there was some way that I could describe for you the, the Nephi's workings in the spirit. He truly understood that the Lord would help his family even though things were not going right. His brothers and father on the other hand did not understand that promise. First Nephi 19, it says the following, verses 1, 2, and 3. And it came to pass that the Lord commanded me, wherefore I did make plates of ore, that I might engraven upon them the record of my people. And upon the plates which I made, I did engraven the record of my father, and also our journeyings in the wilderness, and the prophecies of my father. And also many of mine own prophecies have I engraven upon them. And I knew not at the time when I made them that I should be commanded of the Lord to make these plates. Wherefore the record of my father and the genealogy of his fathers and the more part of all our proceedings in the wilderness are engraven upon those first plates of which I have spoken. Wherefore the things which transpired before I made these plates are of a truth more particularly made mention upon the first plates. And after I'd made these plates by way of commandment, I, Nephi, received a commandment that the ministry and the prophecies, the more plain and precious parts of them, should be written upon these plates, and that the things which were written should be kept for the instruction of my people, who should possess the land, and also for otherwise purposes, which purposes are known unto the Lord. We know from from First Nephi 19 that Nephi doesn't understand why he's making this second set of plates, but the Lord understood. The Lord understood, and he commands no Mormon to include them. And later he tells the tells Joseph and Martin Harris that they were, they were given there to replace the book of Lehi. Similarly, in our day, there's many things the Lord asks us to do that we may not understand, or things that he asks us not to do that we may not understand. But this prophecy, which was fulfilled 2,400 years later, 
was made known to the Lord, was made known to Nephi. He told him what to do and not the reason he was doing it. Similarly, we may know what to do and not know what to do it. Joseph records the following. Some time after Mr. Harris had begun to write for me, he began to importune to me to give it liberty to cure the writings home and show them. As I made that I would inquire of the Lord to the human time that he might do so. I did inquire and the answer was that he must not. However, he was not satisfied with his answer. As I should inquire again, I did so and the answer was as before, that he should not take them. Still he could not be contented with his that I should inquire once more. After much solicitation, I again inquired of the Lord, and the permission was granted to have the writings on certain conditions. In accordance with his last answer, I required of him that he should find himself in the covenant with me, in most solemn manner that he would not do otherwise than he had been directed. He did so. He went so that I would require him to the writings and went his way. Now I say, however, the greatest truth which had been laid, had been laid under, and the son of the, the covenant which he had made with me, he showed unto others of my stratagem, they got away from him. They would never regard to this day. To this day we do not know what was in the book of Levi, but the Lord knew we would lose it, and he commanded even me to set the second set of plates. On the omniscience of God, Neil Maxwell said, quote, God does not live in the dimension of time as we do. We are not only hampered by our finiteness, experiential and intellectual, but also by being in the dimension of time. Moreover, God since all things are present with him. He's not simply predicting based solely on the past. In ways that are not clear to us, he sees rather than foresees the future, because all things are present before him. So the Lord knew that that uh, the book of Lehi would be lost. He understood that completely, and he had Nephi make a sense in a place. He doesn't tell Nephi why. He doesn't tell Moroni why he's including them. He just tells him to do it. And fortunately, we have, this, we have the, the book of First Nephi through Jacob. Omnine and Enos, etc. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know what happened during that time period. I want to take a second and talk about this and tell how the Lord works with us in our lives. The Lord knows the end from the beginning. He knows things that we don't know. He knows things that we cannot know. He knows how to help us in our times of trial. It's up to us that we got to believe. Nephi makes the second set of plates without knowing why. Mormon includes the second, the second set of plates in his collection without knowing why. But the Lord knew why he knew that the Martin Harris would lose the plates. And he made provision for it despite Nephi's not knowing why or Mormon's not knowing why he was including them. I think how important this is in our lives, my friends. There are many things the Lord will ask us to do that we may not know the reason why, but we'll just do them and the Lord will, will find out later, sometimes much later. Nephi doesn't find out why he made the science in the place for 2,400 years. That's a long time. First Nephi 19, 7 to 10, it says the following, 7 to 10. For the things which some men esteem to be of great worth, both to the body and soul, others said it not and trample under their feet. Yea, even the very God of Israel do men trample under their feet. I say trample under their feet, but I would speak in other words. They set him at naught, and hearken not to the voice of his counsels. And behold, he cometh according to the words of the angel, 
in 600 years from the time my father left Jerusalem. And the world, because of their iniquity, shall judge him to be a thing of naught. Wherefore they scourge him, and he suffereth it, and they smite him, and he suffereth it. Yea, they spit upon him, and he suffereth it, because of his loving kindness and his long-suffering towards the children of men. But he does it, he, although his suffering is suffering, he does it for the children of men. It's difficult to think about how much Lord had to suffer for us, but he does it for us to bring us to him. In verses 11 and 14, the Lord says, For thus spake the prophet, The Lord surely shall visit all the house of Israel at that day, some with his voice because of their righteousness, under their great joy and salvation, and others with the thunderings and lightnings of his power, by tempest, by fire, and by smoke, and vapor of darkness, and by the opening of the earth, and by mountains which shall be carried up. And all these things shall and, I, and all these things must surely come, saith the prophet Zenos, and the rocks of the earth must rend, and because of the groanings of the earth, many of the kings of the isles of the sea shall be wrought upon by the Spirit of God to exclaim, The God of nature suffers. And as for those who are at Jerusalem, saith the prophet, they shall be scourged by all people, because they crucify the God of Israel, and turn their hearts aside, rejecting signs and wonders, and the power and glory of the God of Israel. This is very interesting. I'd like to take a second and talk about it. Although the Lord suffers, and the people that cause his suffering are punished for it, his suffering is what brings us back to God. So suffering has two it has two consequences. The consequences for the, the wicked, that they suffer because of it, but the suffering brings the righteous back to God. Similarly, things today have two purposes. They have the purpose of punishing the wicked, the purpose of saving the righteous. Who would have known that the Lord's suffering would bring about anything but terribleness for the Jews, but salvation for everyone who believes in him? The, the, the dichotomy there is real. There's two results to his suffering. There's the suffering of the Jews who cause it. There's the blessing of the righteous who receive it. Similarly, Nephi's intent is, to, is the same thing as the where we're going to suffer. We're going to have hard times. It's going to happen to all of us. But the goodness about, of it is that the Lord will bring about our, righteous, our salvation. In First Nephi 19, verse 18, it says the following. And I, Nephi, having, having written these things on my people, that perhaps I might persuade them that they would remember the Lord, their Redeemer. Nephi's whole purpose in writing this was to help us people remember that the Lord did suffer, he did die, and it would be it would bring pain and punishment upon the Jews, but there would be salvation to his people. He says in verses 20 to 20, 22 and 23, Now I came to pass that Nephi did teach my brethren these things. I came to pass that I did many things out of them, which are going around the place of brass, and now concerning the things of the Lord, as among the people of old. But to teach them more plainly about the Lord, he decided to teach them about the prophecy of Isaiah. So let's take a look at the prophecy of, uh, of Isaiah that he quotes for just a minute. First, he quotes Isaiah 40, which is 1 Nephi chapter 20. 
First year, first year, is Isaiah chapter forty-eight. In this chapter, in these two chapters, forty-eight and forty-nine, the Lord talks about a covenant with Him. Isaiah forty-eight and forty-nine, the Lord contrasts His absolute faithfulness to Israel with their inconsistency with Him in His covenants. He talks first of Israel and how disobedient they are. Then He talks about how faithful He is to them. Visually, he says the following: Hearken and hear this, O house of Jacob, for God by the name of Israel, for come out of the waters of Judah, out of the waters of baptism, who swear the name of God and make mention of the God of Israel. Yea, they swear not in truth nor in righteousness. He's talking to members of the church who have been baptized, and that's how he talks about, talks about how they are not faithful to him. Nevertheless, they call themselves of the holy city. They did not stand themselves upon the God of Israel, who is the Lord of hosts. Even though they, they claim that they're from the holy city, they, 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 they don't keep the commands of the Lord. Yea, and thou heardest not, yea, thou knowest not, yea, from the time that arrow is not open, for now thou art treacherously, thou called a transgressor from the womb. Oh, that thou hast hearkened to my commandments, that, they, that thy peace had been as a river, the righteousness of the ways of the sea. Even though these people are the Lord's anointed covenant people that have made covenants with the Lord, they don't keep them. So the Lord says it to them in verses 3 through 5. Behold, I have declared the former things from the beginning, and they went forth out of my mouth, and I showed them. I did show them suddenly. And I did it because I knew that thou art obstinate, and thy neck is an iron sinew, and thy brow brass. And I have even from the beginning declared to thee, before it came to pass, I showed them thee, and I showed them for fear, lest thou should say, Mine idol hath done them, and my graven image, and my molten image, hath commanded them. Nevertheless, for my name's sake will I defer mine anger, and for my praise will I refrain from thee, that I cut thee not off. For behold, I have refined thee, I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. For mine own sake, yea, for mine own sake will I do this. For I will not suffer my name to be polluted, and I will not give my glory unto another. In verse 17, the Lord says, And thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I have sent him, the Lord thy God, who teacheth thee to profit, who leadeth thee by the way, thou should go, who leadeth Thee by the way thou shouldst go hath done it. In go ye forth of Babylon, flee ye from the Chaldeans, with a voice of singing. Declare ye, tell this, utter to the end of the earth, say ye, The Lord hath redeemed his servant Jacob, and they thirsted not. He led them through the deserts. He caused the waters to flow out of the rock for them. He clave the rock also, and the waters gushed out. And notwithstanding, he hath done all this, and greater also there is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. So even though the Israel is not faithful to the Lord, the Lord is faithful to Israel, and serves with them to the very end. The Lord promises to Israel remain intact despite their inconsistencies. Verses 1 to 3 teaches the following in Isaiah 49. And again, hearken ye, house of Israel, all ye that are broken off and are driven out because of the wickedness of the passes of my people. Yea, 
All you that are broken off and that are scattered abroad, who are they by my people, O house of Israel? Listen, O isles, unto me. Hearken, you people from afar. One that's coming from the womb, from the bowels of my mother, he may mention my name. He hath made my mouth like a sharp sword, and the sword of his hand he hath hid me. And he hath made me a polished shaft, and his sword he hath hid me. He said to me, That my servant, O Israel, and whom I will be glorified. The Lord's talking to the house of Israel in general, but he's to Joseph said the following in reference to the Polish chapter verse two. He said, quote, I'm like a huge rough stone rolling down from a high mountain. The only Polish I can get is when a small corner gets rid off by coming in contact with something else. Strength with accelerated force against religious bigotry, peacecraft, liarcraft, darkcraft, lying editors, suborn judges and jurors. The authority of perjured executives, backed by mobs, blasphemers, licentious, corrupt men and women. All hell knocking off a corner here and a corner there. So we go as a smooth polish shaft in the core of the Almighty, who give me to be no all and every one of them, when their region of the lies shall fall. The hiding place shall be destroyed, while these smooth polished stones which I come in contact with shall be marred. So the Lord promises Israel that he'll be faithful to them despite the fact that we are not faithful to him. In chapter 22, the Lord finishes up his message to Israel in first chapter 22 by saying the following. Verses 3 through 5, there is other broken covenants. Wherefore the things of which I have read are things pertaining to things both temporal and spiritual. For it appears that the house of Israel, sooner or later, will be scattered upon all the face of the earth, and also among all nations. And behold, there are many who are already lost from the knowledge of those who are at Jerusalem. Yea, the more part of all the tribes have been led away, and they are scattered to and fro upon the isles of the sea. And whither they are none, and whither they are none of us knoweth, save that we know that they have been led away. And since they have been led away, these things have been prophesied concerning them, and also concerning all those who shall hereafter be scattered and be confounded because of the Holy One of Israel. For against him will they harden their hearts. Wherefore they shall be scattered among all nations and shall be hated of all men. If I is living with his people, he's on his way to the promised land. He is told by the Lord that the ten tribes will be taken captive from Assyria, and then the, the Judah will be taken captive by Babylon, which happens. Now the the Jews return from Babylon and build up Jerusalem again, but the ten tribes become scattered throughout all the earth. This thus saith the Lord, this is what the Lord explained to Nephi there. But in the middle of all this, he promises to restore the house of Israel to their to their blessed state. And he also promises to destroy the wicked by fire. The promised salvation of those who keep the sacred of the Messiah is real. I want to bear my testimony, my friends, that the Lord does promise to restore the house of Israel. And he will he will bring those who are faithful to him back to, to the fold. We live in the last days, my friends. It's been called the last days since Joseph. It's truly a determined trial.
22 verses 20 to 21 the Lord says 20 to 21 and then 24 to 28 and the Lord will surely prepare a way for his people under the fulfilling of the words of Moses which he spake saying a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you like unto me him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you and it shall come to pass that those who will not hear that prophet shall be cut off from among the people and now I, Nephi, declare unto you that this prophet of whom Moses spake was the Holy One of Israel, wherefore he shall execute judgment in righteousness. And the time cometh speedily that the righteous must be led up as calves of the stall, and the Holy One of Israel must reign in dominion and might and power and great glory. And he gathereth his children from the four quarters of the earth, and he numbereth his sheep, and they know him. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd, and he shall feed his sheep, and in him they shall find pasture. And because of the righteousness of his people, Satan has no power. Wherefore he cannot be loosed for the space of many years, for he hath no power over the hearts of the people. For they dwell in righteousness, and the Holy One of Israel reigneth. And now, behold, I, Nephi, say unto you, that all these things must come according to the flesh. But behold, all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people shall dwell safely in the Holy One of Israel, if it so be that they will repent. I don't know if you're listening to both pieces today, but both the testimony of the Old Testament and the one is the same, and that is, although there will be trials for, this, for the righteous in the last days, Lord will save the righteous, and he'll destroy the wicked when he comes again. I don't know. I don't know when the Lord is coming again. I have no idea. I just know it's closer today than it was yesterday. But I do know this. I do know this for sure. Lord will save the righteous in the end, and the wicked he will destroy. Not because he wants to destroy anyone, he doesn't want to destroy anyone, but he will destroy the wicked to save the righteous. I remember just one of the things that Nephi taught his brothers and sisters were true. Nephi stays faithful in the end, and he, he quotes from Isaiah because he sees that Isaiah is applicable to his family. It's more applicable to us today than he was back then. I just one of these things are true, and I say in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you for being with us today for another segment of Dr. Bartholomew's in-depth discussion of the Book of Mormon and its application to us in our lives. This podcast is presented through the facilities of Golden Gems Radio, we invite you to join us on the internet at www.goldengems.net where you will find presented each week a review of the music and career of one of the great musical artists from the 40s, 50s, and 60s when music was music in the golden days of radio. We look forward to being with you next week for another discussion from the Book of Mormon with Dr. Bartholomew.